Today is the 24th of October. Mm-hmm. Man, we are glad that you're joining us today. Uh, uh, I'm excited about today, uh, especially the uh, one whose testimony we're going to hear. Uh, we have as normal, we've got uh, uh, Chris uh, Cannon uh, down here on the end. Uh, Thomas, the guru Miller over <laughs> here taking care of making sure folks can hear us. Uh, and we're privileged today to have Lola Malman come and share her testimony with us. Uh, and uh, she has shared it before. It is a fantastic testimony of what God has done in her life. Uh, and I know it's going to inspire you. I want to just kind of bring you up real quickly with some of the things that are going to be going on. This is actually going to be our last Sunday evening live. Uh, so Lola, you are the cleanup batter <laughs> right here for us. Uh, starting uh, on November the 7th, uh, we're going to start having evening services here in the sanctuary as we did pre-COVID. So it's been a while. How do uh, we even do that? I don't know how we do it anymore. So anyway. What's a service? What's a service? What's a church service? So we're going to be giving that a whirl. But we're moving our Sunday evening live to Tuesdays at 630 and we'll be having Tuesday evening live. Uh, the only difference is we won't be up here on the stage. We'll be from our individual homes kind of Zooming, but this will allow us to bring in special guests also to Zoom in with us in that. So I'm excited about that. Uh, we've had, we had to do it a while back if you know uh, couldn't get together, and so we had to do that. Uh, so that'll be on Tuesdays, but that's coming up. Sunday evening live, no on Tuesday. No, so that's, there's no confusion live, no there. Yeah. No, there's no none, none whatsoever. We'll change, we'll change the graphics. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Lola, I, all of this, man, I am so glad you're able to do this mm-hmm. and uh, to join us because you, uh, God has done, man, He has blessed your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are a witness for Him. Mm-hmm. Lola goes. Uh, uh, the jail ministry, she would go into the jails uh, when they could. Uh, they're about to start that back up again, being able mm-hmm. to go in. Um, and uh, so, Lola, I just, uh, just tell us something about your journey, particularly how did you come to know the Lord? And then uh, some of the blessings that uh, he has uh, blessed, given you in your life. I know one of them sitting out there. Oh, uh, yes, in, absolutely. Uh, uh, in the pews. Uh, but uh, so just, uh, just share with us. Well, um, my mother uh, raised us up. Uh, we went to church. Uh, we were in church on Sunday morning. Uh, my mother, she oh, loved the Lord with all of her heart and uh, always uh, made it very clear that the Lord needed to be in your life and uh Always said our prayers at night. She she never even never went to bed without her uh, saying you never go to bed without but having your prayers. And I just from a very from since I can remember, I've always had that in my life. And I praise God for the mother that that um, He given me. And uh, uh, of course, it didn't go so well. Um, uh, at the age of about 13, my mom and dad got divorced. Uh, at that time, I still hadn't 
given my life to Christ yet, uh, been to church, and you know, there were several times that, you know, uh, your friends would be in church and they would go up to the front and uh, you would follow them and you, because you thought that was the thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I did that. I don't know how many times I did that because it felt good um, as we were going to church and stuff. But uh, I just never had given my life to Christ, but yet I knew how important it was. And I had a prayer life even as a young girl. Um, always knew that God would be there for me and that he had to be in my life because my mother was always always telling us God should be first in your life my mother always told us that and uh, if you have God in your life you can't go wrong either uh, so at the age of about 13 my mom and dad divorced uh, things weren't really good uh, you know I love my mom I love my dad uh, didn't really know at 13 years old what do you do you know you I don't think you know what to do when, when that happens. So um, my brother lived in Texas, and uh, I basically not so much ran away from home. I just left home, went to Texas to, to live with my brother. Um, I quit school, and you know, at age of 13, you're not supposed to quit school. That's usually not a wise <laughs> They don't recommend that too often. And it, it was really strange because... Um, I felt like I was like a fugitive or something, <laughs> even at 13, because, you know, I knew that it wasn't the thing to do, but that just wasn't my priority. And, and like I said, uh, I was confused. Uh, I didn't want to live with my mom, didn't want to live with my dad, just being a rebellious teenager. Yeah. Well, where did you come from? What state? I, uh, I lived in North Carolina. Okay. And... Uh, I jumped on a bus, a Greyhound bus at 13 years old. And, uh, well, no, let me back up. I flew, uh, okay, I'm getting my story mixed up here. Okay, yeah, at 13 years old, I got on the Greyhound bus, and I did. I, I, I didn't tell anybody where I was going. And I came to live with my brother and stayed with him, and he was always always there for me and his wife and they had three kids and it just a uh, more of a family atmosphere actually um and so uh i uh started working for him in a game room and uh of course i always looked much older than i was and uh i guess i was living with him for about a year and a half or so uh because at the age of thir 13, I was almost 14 when, when my parents divorced. And um, I just knew something was missing. You know, I was like, you know, I'm not going to school. I just, uh, it was the Holy Spirit. I know it was. Uh, the Lord was telling me, Lola, you, you need to go back. You need to go back, get to school. It's almost like I could, now I could, it's like he was saying, I've got plans for you. And, and even at that, that rebellious age that I was, um, I called my dad and asked him, could I come back to live? And, of course, in the past, I had some problems with my father. Uh, uh, 
And it was pretty ironic that the Lord laid that on my heart for me to call my father because he would have been the last one that I would even think about going back to live with. But he did, and it just goes to show you how God works. And so I called my dad, and um, I was back in North Carolina. Well, at that time, I had turned 14. And, uh, well, actually, by that time, I was probably about 14 and a half. But uh, I... Uh, it was tough. I had already missed almost a year and a half, two years of school. Um, I had to go back to summer school. They said the only way I could get back in school is to go to summer school. So I went to summer school, got my grades up. Uh, then they let me, and by the time I did that, I went to summer school. And by the time I did that, I was 15. And so it rolled around to where uh, uh, I was 15, but then they would only let me go back to the seventh grade. And so, uh, you know, 15 is, is much older than kids that are in the seventh grade. And so 15, it, uh, you know, and, and then I was able to get what they call a learner's permit, which I could drive. And they would call it a hardship. So um, basically, I applied for that and got a hardship, and I had my license. So I was the only kid in junior high <laughs> that had their driver's license. You were popular. <laughs> <laughs> I was the only kid in junior high that had their driver's license. and But the, the thing about it was the high school was on one side of the woods. The junior high was on the other side of the woods. And so they would not allow me to drive to the junior high. So I had to park at the high school oh, no. and walk You're through the woods. I had to walk through the woods to go to junior high, and so they let me. They allowed me to do that. I only had to do that one year, of course. But uh, yeah, I had a lot of friends. But uh, it, it was an experience. I know that that God started with me to just be obedient to Him because I'm gonna tell you what. At that age, I was really confused. I really didn't know what I was gonna do. The only thing I could think about was. You know, my mother always told me God loved me and that God was going to take care of me. And, of course, there was times that I would be like, all right, well, what's going to happen, you know? But anyways, uh, went on with the high school. Uh, did real good in high school. Got involved with sports. Uh, sports was one of those things that I think that really kept me out of trouble. Um, because if I wasn't studying, I was practicing and playing sports. And uh, sports basically was just uh, my life when I was in high school. Uh, but that summer, that next summer after I'd started high school, uh, my sister lived there in uh, North Carolina. And she lived probably about 30, probably 30, 35 minutes from where my dad lived out in the country. And of course, growing up, we, we, we call it barn backo. We, we used to barn backo, and, um, which is barning tobacco, if you want to say it probably the proper way, but we say barn backo. And so uh, she uh, said, well, won't you come stay with me in the summertime, you know, just to uh, get some time in the, the Wanting tobacco, making extra money, and for clothes and stuff. So in the summertime, after I started back to high school, I did. I went to this little uh, arts called Archer's Lodge where my sister lived, 
he started Barn and Bacca, and um, there was a lady there called, uh, her name was Lonnery Barnes. And no doubt in my mind that uh, the Lord had put her in my life. It was just all God's plans. Um, she was a Christian woman, and all she did around the tobacco barns was sing hymns. That's all she ever did. And it almost just makes me cry now to think about it. It didn't matter what kind of day she was having or whatever. You never knew that she had a bad day. She was always singing, just always singing, singing. It It sounded like an angel. And uh, just now that I'm sitting here thinking about it, I just used to just listen to her thinking that sounded just like an angel. And I wanted that. You know, I wanted I wanted to be happy like that. I was happy, but I wanted to be, how could she be happy like that all the time? Well, uh, the Lord put us closer together, and she invited me over to supper, and, and she had a store there in Archer's Lodge that uh, she would let you go, and um, she you, you'd be like the old days. You could go there, and um, you could charge your, your food or your drinks or whatever, and then at the end of the week, she would tally that and whatever, you know, she owed you because uh, she would subtract it from that and then that's what your pay would be so then we could go there and say oh just put this on my bill and so uh sometimes that wasn't a very good ease uh, <laughs> my bill got pretty pretty steep sometimes but anyways we got really really close she invited me to go to church i just i just wanted to be around her and so i just really got close to her started going to church with her and then i and then i found myself when when school started back um I was going there every weekend, going to church at her church because I wanted to be—I really wanted to be around her. And then, of course, that's how the Lord works; He puts people in your lives like that. And um, so I started going every every weekend. I'd go to her church, and then it became my church. And um, she sang in the choir, and uh, I would sit there and I would watch her, and it would just be like. It was a glow or something. I don't. I can't explain it. It was just like she was an angel, and uh, she would sing, and I, I'd just be caught up in the the music. And then uh, I was really struggling to step out. I wanted to make a decision one Sunday morning, and I was really struggling to step out. And you know, I, you know, I was 16 by that time. I had turned 16, and she was looking at me one Sunday morning, and I was standing there, and I had my hands on the pew, and the invitation was going, and I looked at her, and she just shook her head like she was telling me, come on, and I, I can't explain it, but before that, I'm going to tell you, and it just goes to show you, I'll tell you right now, if you don't think that Satan is in the church, I'm going to tell you right now, Satan was in the church that morning. I mean, Satan can be anywhere he wants to be because that's just how good he is. I was standing there that morning, and I couldn't turn loose of that pew. Mm. And I knew that was Satan. He, he had a hold of me. It's like, no, because I remember exactly what I was thinking. No, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. You don't want to make that decision. No, you don't want to do that. It was just back and forth. But I literally was trying to turn loose of the pew and I physically couldn't turn her loose. Until I looked at her, she shook her head. 
And it just goes to show you that God is more, devil ain't got nothing on God. Because as soon as he did that, it was like my, my hands just turned loose. And I couldn't get down that aisle fast enough to give my life to the Lord. Oh, wow. Um, and I uh, got down there, and, and, and I remember exactly what I told, uh, the exact words I told the preacher that day. I was like, I want the Lord in my life. And that was exactly what I wanted. And so I gave my life to the Lord. And as I was coming down there, I could see just the biggest smile. And I could tell, you know, on Miss Barnes's face was just, it was just wonderful. So that was when I gave my life to Christ. And, of course, at that time, things didn't get any better because, you know, people don't realize just because you walk down the aisle and give your life to Christ, it's not like, okay, well, you're a Christian now because that's when the devil starts working harder in your life. That's right. That's right. That's what I, I think it's important for people to know. It really is. And, and, I mean, don't get me wrong. I was on top of the world. I couldn't wait to go and tell my sister or anybody, even my dad. My, I didn't have a real good relationship with my dad, but I couldn't even go. Couldn't even wait to tell my dad that I had made that decision and stuff. And so, you know, I got baptized and um, I was just, I was on top of the world. And then it was like I was right there with Miss Barnes around the back of Barnes. And I just felt like I was just, a, you know, I was, it was just a totally different experience. But the devil started working on me even harder, started putting things in my life and thoughts. And um, uh, my family started accusing me of some things that, that, that wasn't correct, but just enough to, Take that joy. In other words, what I'm trying to say is that joy that I had, he was there trying to take it away from me because he didn't want me to experience that. But that just goes to show you God is so good that if you have faith and you do make that true decision and you ask Christ to come in to live in your heart, to be your Lord and your Savior, he's got your back. And no matter what the devil does to you, you're never alone. And so... Uh, I got through that part, and uh, then I was a senior in high school uh, and was really having problems with my dad, and then I, uh, again, I ran away. I uh, went to Miss Barnes and told her that I needed to go. I was coming back to Texas. Texas is one of those things, you know, I... I, I, I I said, I, I got to go to my brother. I, I just, I can't, I can't live with my, my father anymore. And then I was, you know, on the, on the plane this time. And she took me to the airport and came to Texas, was living with my brother. And uh, the thing about it is I had gotten, I had worked so, just goes to show you, I had worked so hard to get back into school. Um, I had played basketball. I even had an opportunity to go to a junior college there in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina to play basketball. I had all that set up and everything, but it goes to show you just because you have plans doesn't mean that's what God had planned for you. And so and it, I really struggled with that because I had worked so hard to get back and to do the things that I had done, but yet God just totally directed me in a total different different direction away from everything that I thought that I had accomplished but I only accomplished those things because that's the way God led me so here I was in Texas uh, I said well I'm just going to go down there for for the summer 
and just get away and, and get my head straight. See what I'm going to do. You know, I was confused then. I was like, okay, God, I'm, I, I, God has a plan for me. I just don't know what it is. But the whole time before that, I also had prayed, uh, God, if there's a man out there somewhere for me that would, would take Lola the way she is with all my flaws and everything, then Lord, bring him to me. But, but if he's not there, the most important thing, he's going to have to love you and go to church with me. That was my, my main, I mean, that was my priority. It was my husband that was going to love me and go to church with me. If he would do those two things, then I would marry him. And, of course, uh, you pray those things, and you pray those things. And, of course, God had it planned. I came to Texas. My, had to bring you to Texas to find Had to had bring me to Texas to find <laughs> a, a so, Texan. So he says, that's why this is God's country. Yeah, right? yeah. So, so here I was in Texas, and my brother owned the game room uh, in the mall. And he said, well, hey, while you're here, deciding what you're going to do, won't you just, because he was short on some help, he says, let's go to the game room and you can work for me some in the afternoons and I can pay you and give you some spending money while you're here. And I was like, sounds good to me. So I started showing up in the afternoons and I, where I come from, girls played foosball. Well, girls don't, I don't know, they don't play foosball here when I, I they just didn't play foosball. I didn't understand that because all the guys would come in and play foosball, but none of the girls, they would just stand there and watch. And I, I was like, I didn't understand none of the girls not playing foosball. So um, I got around that there was this girl in the game room that was kicking everybody's behind in foosball. I mean, guys were coming in there, putting their quarters on the table, and, man, I was just kicking their behinds. <laughs> so I guess I got around, and uh, I later found out even Paul's friends was telling him, there's a girl in the game room that's just kicking everybody's behind in foosball. And so I guess it got around about this girl kicking everybody, you know, and so uh, I guess Mr. Paul Malman uh, heard about that and said, uh, I'm going to go check this girl out too. So Paul Malman comes into the game room and uh, puts his quarter on the table. And of course, after the very first ball, I knew this guy never played foosball in his life. <laughs> <laughs> never, ever. I mean, I didn't even know if he knew which way to hit the ball. <laughs> but just goes to show you that, that it was all God's plan. Uh, so he came in, and after I, you know, I'm very competitive. And so. No, no. <laughs> and of course, I wasn't going to let him beat me. But, man, I was just beating him, beating him. And then I just started feeling sorry for the guy. And then, so I, then I started letting him, just, you know, w not win, but make a few balls. So anyways, and so this guy kept coming back, coming back put this quarter up there and I just you know I was so naive and didn't think about it and said why does this guy keep coming back and I went home and I told my sister-in-law I said this guy keeps coming back to the game room and he and I said he just I don't understand it and my sister-in-law just died out laughing she said Lola he's not coming back to play you in foosball he's coming back because he wants to meet you know meet you and then it was just like what and then it just <laughs> Never even thought about that. So you got an investor that's coming to the game room. And oh my gosh! So then I was like really nervous because now he's going to come back, and then I feel totally different. So then when he came back, I really didn't want to beat him or do anything because then I felt really bad. But anyways, he come back, 
kept coming back. And you still beat him, though, right? Oh, yeah, I still yeah, beat him. You still have a reputation. <laughs> Folks, let me jump in real quick. If you've got any uh, comments or questions, please send those in. And Thomas, so Thomas, do we have anything at this time? Uh, not yet. We've had a few uh, heart reactions, which is, which is <laughs> nice, but no, That's a good thing. no questions yet. reactions coming. All right. And so, so anyways, Paul uh, kept coming in, and uh, we started uh, talking more more about than just foosball and then he asked me out and of course I said no because I wasn't really going to be there I was just there didn't wasn't going to I said no I'm just here visiting da, 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 da. and so uh, you know he goes off and then I didn't see him for two weeks and I felt kind of bad you know I thought well he was kind of cute maybe I should have at least went out and dated him you know I didn't know what I didn't know what I was thinking well in about two weeks he shows back up and he didn't even play, he wasn't even asking to play foosball. He's all quarters. <laughs> yeah, he's broke. <laughs> wasn't even asking to play foosball. He just, I was outside the store, actually, and um, he asked me out again. And I, I wasn't going to tell him no. And so I said, sure, I'll go out with you. And then he asked me, you know, what do you want to do? What would you like to do? And I said, well, tell you the truth, I'd like to go fishing. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and so that's exactly what we did. The next day we went fishing, and, of course, he tells me, you know, later on, he goes, well, as soon as you said that, I knew you were mine. <laughs> <laughs> so we went fishing, and then he took me out to eat, and then it's history after that. Uh, fell in love with him right away and just wanted to be around him all the time, treated me just the must-up gentleman, just uh, – Never had anybody treat me as sweet as he did, and and then I just uh, I, I I called my dad and told him I wasn't coming back. Uh, the dean of the the college there, I said, give my scholarship to somebody else. I mean, just God has a different plan for me. Um, but the whole while, you know, that's the thing. People um, got to realize that uh, God has plans. For each and every one of us and we're so busy in our life and doing what we think maybe sometimes that that we think God wants us to be doing when really we just need to be stopping praying and on our knees and asking you know go whatever you what doors you have open or whatever you want to do might not even be something that I would even imagine like staying in Texas and 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 never going back. I never went back to North Carolina, only to visit. But that's how that's how God works. He, uh, God, he's just so amazing. And uh, that's what happened when I met Paul. And uh, it was God's plan. Uh, he brought a man in my life that loved Lola, loved the Lord, went to church with me. And so he answered a prayer. That's that's something that I had been praying about. Um, I have two beautiful boys, grown men now. I say boys, but they're still my babies. Uh, one has four little girls. The other one's been married now for about a year and a half, going on two years, I guess. So soon to have children, maybe, I hope. I don't know. <laughs> no pressure. No, yeah. <laughs> but uh, he has blessed me. Truly with my sons, they both are godly men. They love the Lord. They take their families to church. They take, the, yeah. they, they take their uh, kids to church. They tell them about God. 
Uh, I prayed for Christian daughter-in-laws. God gave me Christian daughter-in-laws. God is good. And uh, I I didn't know what the Lord wanted me to do. And to follow up real shortly, I'll end this. uh, But uh, I still didn't know the Lord had something for me to do. Chris Cannon um, was up in church uh, one Sunday. And uh, he's with the gentleman. I mean, Steve Cannon. Steve, yeah. Sorry, Chris. No, that's all right. That's his dad. But anyways, Steve was up here, and uh, he also uh, opened my eyes to something that he wanted me to do. And God wanted me to be into the jail ministry. And I love those women with all my heart. You know, and it tells us, that, the Bible tells us that, that we need to to go and tell others, even in sickness and health, in, in, in prisons. I mean, we've got to go and tell people, if nothing else, that God loves them. And, and so uh, I do do the jail ministry. I love the jail ministry, and I'm looking forward to getting back to that. Um, but God is good, and uh, he, he's, he's just been so wonderful in my life and continues. I'm just so blessed. I'm not even worthy to be sitting up here with you guys or, or anything to even be mentioning God's name, but because of Jesus Christ, I can do that. Mm. And I thank Him, and uh, I love Him with all my heart. And God is good. Amen. Amen. Wow. You know, as you're, as you're talking and in your journey, I was thinking this morning, your uh, circles of influence and those that influenced your life for yeah. Christ, that lady that influenced your yes. life, mm. uh, and how she just used that and just influence and how God is using you to influence people in, in the areas and, uh, how he brought y'all together. I mean, that's just, uh, how many quarters did you have saved up? Huh? <laughs> a few. A few. <laughs> uh, you know, it's just. Uh, but he has gotten better at food. He's got, he had to. He had to. He, uh, <laughs> Thomas, do you have any? Uh, yeah. Um, we've got uh, from um, Stephanie uh, Cannon. It's Love You Forever, Lola. I, I looked up some foosball facts. Um, <laughs> It was from Europe originally. It started from Europe. Uh, it uh, was brought over by an American soldier. Wow. So the, the decline of foosball started with Pac-Man. Wow. So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, the, the ball can go up to the speeds of 35 miles an hour. I know. I bet you love it. There's all this stuff up. Well, Chris, that's actually how I never hadn't really met you before. Chris had talked. We were moving a foosball table or something, and you talked about. He talked about you, and he was like, "She's like, oh, Ball's wife is really good at foosball. Like, really good at foosball." <laughs> Listen, I didn't play her in her prime. I, and my claim to fame, I beat Lola one time, and I don't think she let me win. I was so, so proud of her. I was just like, well, that's an odd thing to remember about somebody. You know, <laughs> well, well, you don't understand until you play this woman. Their name. <laughs> she can just look in her eyes and it's just like <laughs> stands over that table like <laughs> yeah. uh, but that was it that was the only comment uh, <laughs> first ball where we at time wise we are about two minutes over alright okay uh, Paul anything you want to add to all of this I'm just going to hand you all I can say is I have been very blessed uh, no doubt Lola loves the Lord no doubt uh, she's been an anchor for our family and our Christian walk with our sons. Um, and she's just full of love. Uh, she keeps, keeps me, keeps me centered.
keeps me uh, straightens me out when I get a little off center, and uh, uh, there's no doubt God intended for us to be together uh, 41 years mm. this past year. So uh, it's awesome. Amen. Amen. Uh, I tell you what, Chris, I'm just going. Anything you? Yeah, you know, I was thinking. You know how when when your kids do something and you're really proud of them and maybe you're just watching and you just smile inside real big. I think when, when you give your testimony, your father in heaven, I think he just smiles inside so big. And that, that's what I was thinking a minute ago. And I don't have any daughters. You know, I've just got these unruly sons, but, uh, and y'all, and y'all too. So y'all just had boys, but, um, but I mean, as a, as, as his daughter, I, I just think he smiles deep in his heart when you share your story and you talk about how good he is and, and the joy that is in you, and that I just thought about I that think a minute so. ago. You're honoring, you're honoring your heavenly Father. Yeah. That's just it. Yeah, I agree. That's all I want to do is please Him. Mm. Well, I tell you what, you are you are doing that. You are doing that. Thomas, you got anything? I do not. Sorry, I'm still hung up on the foosball. <laughs> <laughs> she give you a lesson. I haven't, I haven't really met you much since I don't think prior to. I know, I'd probably seen you, but I hadn't connected everything right. until. Well, if you need a quick lesson of how to lose foosball, she'll show you how you can lose it. She'll whoop you. I guarantee you that. Oh, hey, folks. Uh, I tell you what. Uh, I can't think of a better testimony to have ended our uh, testimony times that we've had on Sunday evening live uh, than uh, with Lola. Uh, uh, powerful testimony. If you'd like to know more, if maybe you have questions. Email those to us, and we will get those to uh, Lola, and uh, we'll get the answer back to you. Uh, but, uh, you know, again, thank you all for joining us. Again, remind you that uh, this is our last Sunday evening live. Uh, starting November the 9th, it will be Tuesday evening live. We're going to Tuesday evenings uh, because we'll have uh, church uh, right here on Sunday evenings in the sanctuary. Uh, so I'd invite you to come and see us. Uh, if, you, if you're living in the Troy area, uh, man, just we would love to have you come. We just cranked up Sunday school for the first time in a year and a half because of the pandemic and situations that were happening. Uh, had good turnout this morning. Uh, we're live in the sanctuary on Sunday mornings. We'll be live on Sunday evenings. Uh, Wednesday, we've got a lot of kids' programs, uh, adult Bible study, ladies' crafting, a lot of things going on here at the church. But if you don't live in the Troy area, find a church. Find a place to go worship the Lord. There's one near you. You have no excuse. Don't make this your church just watching on live stream. This is the extra. Make sure you're going to church somewhere, and uh, God will bless you for it. Folks, again, thank you for joining us. Uh, man, we'll see you in a few weeks on Tuesday. Kathy, I'm coming home. <laughs>